0: It has been an incredibly difficult weekend from a Western University perspective. You can read more about it at globalnews.ca. We have a statement that has just come out from Western University on the victim of a serious assault near Western who died from his injuries. Police were called to an assault near Western Road and Sarnia Road just after 2 a.m., On Saturday, they found a man with serious injuries. He was transported to the hospital where he later died of his injuries. He was identified as 18-year-old Gabriel Neal of Simcoe. And the university has released from President Alan Shepard We were devastated to learn of the death of Western University student Gabriel Neal over the weekend, a first-year student in the Faculty of Health Sciences. The Western community is grieving this tragic loss. We're heartbroken for his family, friends, and all who knew him. We are reminding our campus community, counseling services are available. Then we turn to something else at Western. And again, you can read more about this in terms of background on our website at globalnews.ca. But Western is investigating reports of sexual violence on campus. And this, again, goes back over the weekend. Uh, Western has not provided details of the alleged incidents. It is investigating reports from this weekend. Jess Brady has been quoting a statement from Chris Elaine, who is the Associate Vice President of Housing and Ancillary Services, and elaine has said an investigation is underway those facing complaints are sanctioned or, or he says while an investigation is underway those facing complaints are sanctioned which can include removal from campus he says the school has not received any formal complaints from alleged victims and a spokesperson for london police services says officers have not been notified of allegations they are not currently investigating so let's let's kind of look at at this from the perspective of, of how we all take it in, because all kinds of stuff will appear on social media. Uh, a number of allegations have been made, and so we have an opportunity to talk right now with Dr. Jordan Fairbairn, who is with the Department of Sociology at King's University College. Dr. Fairbairn, let's start with this. Please give us your reaction to Western University's response so far.
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, I guess first and foremost is that I'm sending a lot of support and solidarity out to uh, all the uh, individuals in, in involved, the young women, um, victims, and survivors in this case. Um, I'll say that, you know, I'm aware that this is really an emerging situation in many ways. I'm not um, really, particularly familiar with any of the details that you know wouldn't have been reported in the news. I'm sure there's many students and administrators that would know far more about what's happening behind the scenes. Um, that said, you know, from from what I am aware of, from what I've seen, it's you know I don't feel great about it. Um, this is a hard time. The university's first and foremost responsibility right now is to support those. Ex- survivors, those of individuals who have reported victimization. Um, This response needs to involve hearing them, listening to them, believing them and finding out what they need at this time. And they have a responsibility to be proactive, to make sure that this doesn't happen again. Um, I taught today, I asked my students in my class, um, generally, if they'd heard about this and anonymously, if they wanted to pass along any messages to the university administration or the broader community. And from the feedback I received, you know, students feel let down. They feel that um, they need to do better. The university needs to do better. That simply, you know, in the words of one student, simply reposting the same resources they have access to all year when a traumatic incident occurs is not enough. uh, That we need to see Western and affiliates do more proactively to protect their students. Um, And in terms of the university response, you know, we've seen with the response to COVID what this really focused resource driven institutional response to a public health crisis can look like, how much can be done um, to be proactive and to, you know, to to work to address a social problem. And so situations like this weekend show us that sexual violence is still a public health crisis. It can't be dealt with behind closed doors or in a reactive sense. Um, We need to be proactive. And so while the university, you know, bears enormous responsibility here also, this also has to involve our broader communities, our high schools, our elementary schools, um, our communities long before these students do hit university as well. That point needs to be made.
0: Did any of your students address how they feel about their safety?
1: Not specifically. I didn't ask them specifically. Um, This was just the anonymous feedback uh, on paper that I asked if they wanted a message passed along. Um, so, you know, in terms of safety, both from some of the student feedback, feedback, and from, you know, my knowledge of sexual violence, uh, research activism and resources generally, um, we know that many Uh, Young folks, particularly young women, trans and non-binary individuals, Um, but many young people generally don't feel safe on campus in different ways. This risk is disproportionately borne by uh, women and gender non-conforming individuals. Um, And in terms of safety, you know, we often think about this at the individual level in terms of individual cases. Um, but part of safety is, is you know, to be free from victim blaming, you know, to be safe from that additional level of scrutiny that often gets placed on, excuse me, victims and survivors. And so uh, my understanding of, of some of the folks that were involved in terms of our student leadership and orientation week of what I've read in the media, and what I saw and, and heard about in terms of some of the, the protests at the end of the week is that, Um, they don't feel safe and they don't feel supported, which is part of safety as well.
0: We're talking with Dr. Jordan Fairbairn, the Department of Sociology at King's University College. Dr. Fairbairn, there are are a lot of things being said, a lot of allegations, a lot of things that can bring confusion. What do we need to keep in mind when listening to the development of this story?
1: Well, so... You know, at an individual level, of course, um, in terms of some of some individual cases, we, of course, don't know exactly what transpired, Um, you know, we being sort of leaders and and researchers and institutions and responders, um, and many people will focus on that. However, what I want to make clear is that uh, sexual violence occurs on university campuses and That we know in situations like these, we know from research that the vast majority of reports of sexual violence um, are true. That, you know, false reporting, for example, is very small, The very small proportion of cases. So sexual violence is an underreported crime, meaning that, you know, the vast majority of these are not only not reported to police, but are not reported to universities or even necessarily to friends and family. So what I caution people to keep in mind is that collectively we have an opportunity here to either mitigate the harm um, to be helpful or to exacerbate it, to make it worse. We can support victims and survivors. We can listen to student leaders and those directly involved. Um, We can listen to victims and survivors, which means believing them, and we can direct our attention and resources there. Or we can make this worse. We can cause secondary harm through you know victim blaming, through failing to act, through failing to prevent this in the future.
0: What challenges can exist in investigating allegations like these?
1: Well, so there are there are many for sure, and, and the challenges that would be experienced would be depending on you know the role that someone has in the investigation. Um, in terms of the university, you know, there many might feel that they want to support survivors and need to, but Some of these actions can be, you know, generic or can focus too much on just going back to send out university policy or to, you know, send a link to a sexual violence resource. And this is important too, but you know, this is this is not enough at this time. And so it's not, um, you know, one of the challenges is, is really wanting to, you know, solve the problem in the moment, but also needing to support survivors. Another challenge is that in society at large, and this is something, you know, we may see in terms of comments on this case, we often see people rush to really focus on um, the alleged perpetrators and maybe even the potential impacts, right? What this might do to them, these allegations, or to look for reasons to discredit or disbelieve victims. And so there's a challenge there in terms of working against some of that strong current um of the, our historical response to sexual violence in society to understand that we have short-term and long-term needs here and of course there's additional challenges you know in terms of the university campus when individuals um, involved in this are are students right where um, young women or young folks who have experienced victimization who have survived violence they may have to live next to they may be attending classes with individuals who either inflicted the violence directly or perhaps contributed less directly by, you know, not intervening, um, by supporting the violence in some way or causing some of that secondary harm by not believing or not supporting. So there, there's more challenges than that, but that gives you just a couple examples.
0: Dr. Jordan Fairburn with us from the Department of Sociology at King's University College. Dr. Fairbairn, just one other thing, and that is the fact that social media plays the role that it does. If you have a social media account, you can say you've got your own TV show, you are your own reporter, you have a very large voice, or at least the potential for a very large voice. If we are to look at social media and the fact that we've got a lot of untrained TV show hosts, untrained reporters, help us to understand the impact it can have in situations like this.
1: Sure. So, yeah, social media certainly has a variety of impacts in these situations. You know, some more positive and some more negative. Um, On a more positive side, you know, we do see some of these stories emerging through social media, which the stories themselves are horrifying to hear about. Um, But we may hear them, like we're hearing them, right? The voices. More so than we have previously. Perhaps the individual survivors or the bystanders and allies, um, those who want to support, they have more control over their tools, over the message they're putting forward previously. And, you know, hopefully, maybe in some ways, seeing that they aren't alone in this to connecting some of these stories. And certainly when we have these cases where there's multiple reports, right? Multiple stories, multiple individuals coming forward. Um, you know, hopefully it generates a bit more of a social response, or at least less inclination to try and disbelieve. Um, But on the negative side, we can also see rapid circulation of victim blaming or other kind of harmful narratives by those who might share or comment on content. That said, it can give people a space to then speak up again to challenge some of those narratives to, you know, express different ideas. Part of the challenge here is just in sorting through a lot of different information and stories, um, in, in terms of sort of being able to, you know, speak to individuals beyond social media as well. So that can certainly be a challenge. But, you know, what I, what I would say is for people to remember that social media are social, right? There's people behind this working in the, um, you know, the spaces of, of algorithms and online sites, but that people are making choices about what we like, what we share, the content we post, and others can see that. So to remember that, you know, each of us has people in our lives that have experienced sexual violence, um, whether we're aware of that fact or not. And those people are watching, they're watching how we respond here, and trying to get a sense of, you know, who is safe to talk to who they can reach out to talk to so it's not enough to tell victims and survivors you know reach out and talk to someone go seek support it's our collective and social responsibility to create these spaces where they can do so safely
0: dr fairbairn we really appreciate your time today
1: my pleasure thank you so much
0: that is dr jordan fairbairn from the department of sociology at king's university college